35 that he can still do mentally leading this team, making sure they stayed laser-focused. <laughs> it was incredible. The other thing we talked about was just, um, you know, the legacy. I mean, when we talk about LeBron James, we talk about a man who's, like you said, won titles now with three different teams, but finals MVP with three different teams never been done before. That is absolutely remarkable. Here's what LeBron had to say after the game. This is a historic franchise, and to be a part of this is something that I'll be able to talk about in my my grandkids and kids will be able to talk about that their papa or their dad played for the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> and so to be able to win with a historical franchise is something that you can never, no matter if your mind wavers away, you can always remember what you're doing it for. Yeah, I, it, it, was, it was just a very special time. And, you know, I tweeted out 2020 has just been a painful year and it's been full of anguish and everything everyone has gone through. The loss of Kobe, Gianna, and the seven others, the pandemic, uh, people losing their homes. But if there's one thing that sports do, they unite a community. They bring people together. It is a rallying cry. And in Los Angeles, we have a lot of teams. They're all very good, and they have a lot of fans. But let's be 100% honest here. There are two franchises that are considered the gold standard, the Lakers and the Dodgers. The Lakers win tonight. Now, in two weeks, hopefully, we'll be doing the same thing with the Dodgers win. Well, let's hope so. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what we saw in 88 the last time the Dodgers won, right? Yep. All right, yeah. Fred, thank you again. Thank you, Fred, appreciate for your it. insight, too. Really appreciate it. Okay, guys. All right, more from the fans out there celebrating across our city. We have live team coverage. All right, we want to go to Mario Solis. He is live in Hollywood getting all the reaction from the fans out there. Mario, what are you seeing? Hey, thank you. Yeah, for a city like Los Angeles, it was a long, long wait. It was a decade in the making. But the Lakers are back on top, winning their 17th NBA title. The last time the Purple and Gold won it, of course, was in 2010. Under the leadership of Kobe Bryant, and tonight, his memory was very much present in the minds of players and L.A.'s Laker Nation. Hey, we're glad to be back on top. It's been a long time. It's been a hard road. Obviously, we had a death in the dynasty. Everybody's just glad to see us back on top again. So this is for the city. You know, with everything that's going on, this is actually for the city. So we're all glad to see it. I think this was for Kobe and Nipsey Hussle. L.A.'s been through a lot, and I think we needed this. You know what I'm saying? And L.A. is just a city of champions, so it was rightfully to come home. His spirit never left us. We knew he was going to come and come through and be in the spirit of LeBron and Anthony Davis and get the championship win back to Los Angeles where it belongs, okay? Of course, people ecstatic tonight after the Lakers win, who now tie the Boston Celtics for the most all-time NBA championships. It may have been in a shortened season in a bubble, but during tonight's title celebration, LeBron James said, I want some darn respect. No matter the circumstances, the Lakers are champions once again. From Third Base Sports Bar in Hollywood, Mario Solis, NBC4 Sports. Guys, back to you. All right, Mario, thank you so much. And NBC4's Darsh Phillips spent the evening outside of Staples Center. We've been watching all of that activity, Darsh. We had those crowds of people. We saw police moving in. What are you seeing from your location now? Well, Kim, we are just near the Staples Center, and it was a celebratory feel here, and that quickly dissolved into a bit of chaos. You can see behind me, we've got the police line trying to move the crowd. You see lots of flashbangs 
We've heard also uh, police officers firing rubber bullets into the crowd, trying to get them to disperse. We're not exactly sure what escalated this situation here. Again, people were celebrating. They were very happy. At one point, we did see the, the crowd start to push. Uh, and then some bottles and things were thrown, and then police officers really wanted to get people out of the street. There was also a lot of fireworks that were being lit off here, possibly getting in the way of the LAPD chopper that was also trying to make sure that everyone was safe from the air, uh, looking down on the crowd. So that might have also sparked some uh, situation here. But again, it has uh, become a little bit chaotic. They're trying to get people to move off of the street. I do want to show you what it looked like earlier, just after the Lakers won the game. Take a listen to this. So this was the uh, the celebratory feel out here. Lakers flags, Lakers jerseys, lots of honking cars and crowds gathering in the street. Officers had to stop traffic but allowed people to celebrate for the most part in the beginning of this night. Now we also saw a lot of people who say that they were very emotional because this was uh, the first time that the uh, Lakers won the title since 2010, and that was the last year that Kobe Bryant won. And they also said that this was especially uh, important because they wanted to celebrate <laughs> something this year, this 2020 that began with fans losing Kobe Bryant. Now, the moment the game was over, people began chanting his name and celebrating. Take a listen to what that looked like. Hey, Lakers, baby. About time, 10 years waiting. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Kobe and Gigi. Go Lakers. I'm looking, I mean, it's not for Kobe. It's for Kobe. Look at everybody out here, man. We're enjoying it. We're enjoying it. It's amazing. LeBron got four. So happy, man. It's been like 10 years. Oh, man, yeah. last game was crazy, but we knew we could. We are going to come up this game. Game, game six. We got it, man. Now here's a look from News Chopper Bravo from earlier. Lots of people in the street, as you mentioned. They all want to get to Staples Center. Officers were blocking the road to the arena and the sidewalks. Uh, there's also fencing up to keep crowds away from the arena. Now we've seen mounted police here and officers driving around trying to get people off of the street. Now, again, we did see a lot of flashbangs and some rubber bullets. Um, it looks like things are a bit more calm, but again, it was pretty chaotic. There were some people who were, uh, again, throwing bottles at officers, possibly uh, aggravating the, the situation a little bit more. We do see a lot of fire trucks here also trying to help block the streets as well as paramedics to make sure that everyone is okay. There are still a lot of people out in the streets. I do want to show you if my photographer Haley can push down 11th Street. You can see they've gathered uh, just a block away. They were actually where we are now and they have gathered just a block away uh, of, on 11th, just a block away from Figueroa. So again, these people are moving, but they're not actually dispersing. They're not going home. So this is a situation that officers really want to get a handle on, and we will bring you updates uh, from the ground as they become available. We'll send it back to you guys. Starcha, thank you. Right now we want to get some new video out of East L.A. Lakers fans out there celebrating so far. Everything has remained peaceful, but look, we know East L.A. They love the Lakers. They're going to be celebrating this one all night and up the road in Pasadena. We know Lakers fans are getting ready to buy their championship gear. Right now we want to get, go to NBC Sports' Christine Kim, who's live for us in Pasadena. Christine. Jonathan, this is what Lakers fans are trying to get their hands on. Championship gear, as you mentioned, there are t-shirts and there are hats. And I'm told that there was people waiting in line to get inside the store even before the game was over. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Woo! 
Look at the seven-day forecast. Bases on top, coastlines on the bottom. You can see we go into the low 90s for tomorrow. We keep warming up all the way through the Thursday time frame with temperatures peaking in the mid-90s around the basin, upper 80s along the coastline, and then we start gradually cooling off. But it's not a lot of cooling as we head into next weekend. Here's a look at the inland spots. Expect to see triple-digit temperatures in there for Tuesday and for Wednesday. That'll be about 5 to 6 degrees warmer than what we'll see for tomorrow. And then we'll be gradually cooling off, but only about a degree or so each day as we head into next weekend. Finally, here's how it looks for the high desert on top, the low desert on the bottom. Temperatures will be running in the low 90s for tomorrow. We'll be warming up each day through about that Thursday time frame. That's where we'll peak temperatures in the high desert in the mid-90s. And then we'll start cooling off for the weekend, but it's still not going to be much cooler. Only a couple of degrees, but remaining in the 90s all the way into next Saturday and Sunday. That's a look at the hot forecast ahead. Back over to you. All right, David, thank you. And the holidays are almost here. What does it mean for people traveling to get home during a pandemic? The change is being made coming up next. I need dialysis treatments three days a week just to stay alive. And I could die of the properly rehabbing. And 23 could kill me, too. Oh, no.
And temperatures will be warming up over the next couple of days. Great example, West Covina looking at triple-digit temperatures by Tuesday and holding the 90s for much of the week. I'll show you when we'll finally start to see some relief across the region coming up. You're not supposed to put tender prime rib on a char-broiled Angus burger or on a fresh-baked biscuit, but we did, and it's awesome. Get a taste of the new prime rib menu at Carl's Jr. Feed your house. When we get back to work, let's work to make sure it's not business as usual. When we open up, let's be more open. Let's recognize that women have the same rights as men. Let's stand together. Let's make things better. Let's change. Let's change. Let's give 50% of the population 50% of the voice. that right for the young, the poor, the black, and the stupid. Menthol cigarettes are cheaper in black neighborhoods. Big Tobacco targets us because they think we're just easing money. They get cash. We get killed. Big Tobacco only sees our money, not our worth. You didn't know how bad you wanted prime rib, char-broiled Angus beef, and melted cheddar cheese sauce, but now you do. The new prime rib and cheddar Angus thick burger at Carl's Jr. Feed your happy. The next time you pick up a pen, think Laszlo Joseph Vigo. This Hungarian-Argentine inventor created the first modern ballpoint pen. NBC4 celebrates this life-changing history maker. Brought to you by El Pollo Loco, proudly supporting Latina-owned small businesses.
So that allows temperatures to really warm up. Let me show you that on the seven-day forecast. Basins on top, coastlines on the bottom. Notice how for tomorrow we're almost 10 degrees warmer than today across the basin, right around 90 degrees. Then we get into the mid-90s as we go through Tuesday through Thursday, cooling off into next weekend, but still remaining unseasonably warm in the mid to upper 80s. The coastal temperatures will be peaking Wednesday and Thursday in the upper 80s, so very warm along the coastlines. Here's a look for the valleys on top, Inland Empire on the bottom. Plenty of sunshine through the entire week ahead. Temperatures in the mid-90s for tomorrow, so 10 to 15 degrees warmer than today. And then getting into triple-digit territory for Tuesday and Wednesday. And remaining in the upper 90s for Thursday and Friday, only a little bit cooler heading into next weekend. High desert forecast is on top, low desert forecast on the bottom. High desert warming up all the way through the Thursday time frame in the mid-90s, gradually cooling off for next weekend. And finally, for the area mountains, expect the temperatures to be warming up as well. We'll be in the mid to upper 70s as we approach the midweek time frame. And as we get into next weekend, only a little bit cooler across the region, only getting into the low to mid 70s. That's a bit your forecast, and we'll be right back after the break. California Phones offers free specialized phones, like cordless phones, big button, and volume enhanced phones. Get details on this. Oh, what people would do to each other. And yet, well, puzzling. There were these three women. Wouldn't have a story to tell without them. Two sisters and their aunt. And what they discovered, of course, which might make you wonder, can you ever really see the truth in the face in the mirror? Of a face beside you in bed at night. The story begins with a beauty queen. All right, a former beauty queen named Michelle McNeil. And she was, look at this, she was truly lovely. But this is about what happened to Michelle. The year she turned 50, the very last year of her life, though she couldn't possibly have known it. As she contemplated the question a lot of people do, as you phase, plastic surgery, should she or shouldn't she? She answered, for one reason or another, yes, yes, I will. And before long... Everything that we thought in our life was all shattered. What happened to Michelle McNeil? What was behind the breathless play-by-play -play in a Utah courtroom? The raw family drama played out in full public view. The hidden sins of... Well, we'll see. Here. This is a picture of their magical beginning. Both beautiful, Michelle and Martin McNeil. Everybody liked smart, charismatic Michelle. From childhood on, said her sister, Linda Clark. She entered different pageants. She won homecoming queen, and she did modeling. She was an exchange student over in Switzerland. She excelled at everything. Martin did too, in his own way. Took a little while, but eventually he became a doctor, and then a lawyer, and then a leader in his local ward of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Mormons. But before he did any of that, back when this picture was taken, it was just unstoppable love. But did they like elope or something? Run yeah. off together back then? Uh, they got married by the um, justices of peace. They had four children. Eventually set up house in a place called Pleasant Grove in Utah. And loved their family life so much, they adopted four more little kids, three of them from Ukraine. Alexis, from the first set of four, followed her father everywhere his little shadow and idolized him. 
I did. I wanted to follow in his footsteps in some way. I became a doctor because of him. So for people on the outside looking in, um, what would they see? A very happy family. A wonderful mother who doted on her children. And uh, a father who was a physician and an attorney and present a lot in their children's lives. Rachel, the eldest, shared her father's love of books. I remember when I was little just holding on to my father's hand and um, just to walk with him and his daddy's little girl. And their mother, Michelle. She was an amazing, beautiful person on the inside and out. And so it went for nearly 30 years. As he built a career and they together raised a big family. And then, here's how Martin reacted to middle age. Around the time he turned 60, he lost a lot of weight, started tanning. Hello? Yeah. It, it, it was very out of the ordinary, right. very abnormal for him. And that's when her mother, Michelle, confronted that question, the one about looking younger, getting something of the past back, the face-stiff question. She's like, uh, you know what, I don't, I don't really want it, but if your dad's getting all fixed up and, and looking good, then may, maybe I should. What did you say to her? I said, Mom, you don't need that. You're beautiful. I mean, she was incredibly beautiful. But decision made, on April 3rd, 2007, Michelle checked into the hospital in Bountiful, Utah. The doctors worked on her for almost nine hours. Long time for a facelift. Still, they proclaimed it a complete success. And the very next day, she went home again. Her face covered in bandages, but otherwise, apparently, in perfect health. Alexis had been with her mother for the surgery, stayed for a week to nurse her through her recovery, and now, relieved, Alexis returned to her medical studies in Nevada. My mom my, and my father dropped me off at the airport, and I looked back, my mom was doing well, I smiled, and I said, I'll call you, I'll call you soon. Which she did. Asked her how she was doing. She was fine. She was getting up. She told me that Alexis, your dad's being so sweet to me. He's just being so sweet to me. And um, that was the last time I talked to her. That was April 11th, eight days after the surgery. When I came home from work, I, I checked my cell phone and uh, saw that I'd missed, I believe it was 20-something calls, and uh, I called my father. I said, Dad, what, what's happened? And he said, Rachel, come home. And I said, Dad, tell me. And he tapped me. I said, Mom, is she, is she okay? And my father said, Rachel, come home. And then he just hung up. When we come back, what had happened to Michelle McNeil? The events of that day would launch a long-running mystery. Who's in the bathtub? Light a light. One that would rip this close-knit family apart. It was horrifying. We had to build our own churches. Beauty parlor, barbershop, stores. Proposition 15 will push prices up, push our businesses out, and make income inequality worse. No on 15. The essentials mean something different out here. Warm sunshine means rooms are mandatory, especially in a Ford Explorer. And Ford
Ford's intelligent four-wheel drive and terrain management system keeps crash powder, world-class waves, and everything in between within reach. Get the most from your California in the all-new Ford Explorer, America's all-time best-selling SUV. Now get a 2020 Ford Explorer from 0% APR for 60 months, plus $3,500 bonus cash, only at your Southern California Ford dealers. We had to build our own churches, beauty parlors, barbershops, stores. Proposition 15 will push prices up, push our businesses out, and make income inequality worse. No on 15. Last election, millions of voters were unable to cast their ballots. Why? No data. What's yours? I registered early, and I got it done. I am a voter. Make your game plan at NFL.com slash vote. lockdown hit turned a very cold case into a modern mystery. This is a bona fide war. The story that hasn't been told. The footage that hasn't been seen. They turned him in as a missing person. An all-new Dateline, Monday, 10, 9 central. Tuesday, who's the calmest thinker? Let's breathe. Let's all inhale through the nose, filling up the lower belly. Okay, enough kumbaya. Let's see if he's going home. All-new Weakest Link, Tuesday on ABC. Show of 2020 and has critics completely hooked. Are you drinking butterscotch schnapps straight out the bottle? Butterscotch peach. You are in danger from not cashing in on this pandemic. Our digital hand sanitizer. My children are monsters. You got great kids. Oh, I used to think that's because I didn't spend all my time with them. You're not that sweet. Connecting Thursday on NBC. We were meant to be together on this show. Oh, he says that to everyone. October 19th. Bang that door! The voice is back. It's hard to compete with John Legend. You got a chance to pick from two incredible coaches. One is super hot. Thank you, Blake. I never thought you would say that about me. (laughs) The voice premieres October 19th on NBC. just 50 years old. She lived a clean, healthy, Mormon life. All she wanted was to look a little younger, a little prettier for her husband. And now... Dr. Martin McNeil, panic in his voice. Struggle to make the 911 operator understand. I need help. Okay, sir, they're on their way. Is your wife breathing? She is not. I am a physician. I got CPR in place. 
CPR on his wife until the first responders arrived, but it was too late. I called Alexis. Alexis had happened. Something had happened to his mom. And she just said, Mom's dead. Isn't she? And Alexis said, Yes, she is. Martin said he left the house early in the morning for work. Later in the morning, he accepted an award at a safety fair. Then about 11.30, he left the office to pick up six-year-old daughter Ada from school. When they got home, Ada rushed up the stairs to see her mother and found her in the bathtub, unresponsive. I was horrified. I mean, this was my mom, a vibrant, healthy woman. She was just ripped out of the world. What happened? Michelle was a young 50, didn't drink, didn't smoke. She was carrying more weight than she wanted to, but the only thing really out of the ordinary was the surgery she had just had. I wasn't concerned about the health aspect of her doing the facelift. I just didn't think she needed it. So, if a complication from the surgery seemed unlikely, perhaps this theory from Martin made more sense. Maybe Michelle had taken too much pain medication, and while running a bath, fell head first into the tub. She said she was slumped over the tub her head down into the water, and her legs out of the water. But something about that didn't sound right to Alexis. For one thing, six-year-old Ada, who also saw her mother in the tub, had a slightly different memory. She said that she found her laying back, her head by the faucet. Facing um, up. Facing up, fully clothed in a jogging shirt. A strange discrepancy, though not hard to explain, really, given the turmoil of that day. But then Alexis also remembered how after the facelift, Michelle's doctor prescribed hydrocodone, promethazine, and Ambien, but that her father asked him to also prescribe Percocet and Valium. To Alexis, that seemed like too much medication. He told the plastic surgeon exactly what medication he wanted him to prescribe to her. Doesn't the surgeon usually oh, yeah. make those decisions? That was strange. Stranger still was what happened after Michelle died, when Alexis went looking for those pills, asked her dad about them. Where were they? He told me that, oh, the police must have taken them. But I later found out that he had my brother and his girlfriend flush them down the toilet and throw the bottles away. And his reasoning for that, he told them that it made him too sad looking at her, having her medication there. Some very unpleasant thoughts rattled around in Alexis's head. And then there was the business of the funeral. My father was very adamant to have her funeral right away. And at the funeral, said his daughters, Martin talked less about his wife for nearly 30 years than he did about himself. Lord, I thought I was your boy. Lord, I thought I was doing a good job, Lord, he was there. As the hours passed last night, the arrow, the answer came to me. Alexis and Rachel were appalled by that and angry. But even as they pondered what to do with their blossoming suspicion, the autopsy results were released. And to police chief Michael Smith, the results seemed crystal clear. 
the medical examiner's report indicated that Michelle had died of myocarditis and hypertension, and it listed it as a natural cause of death. In other words, it was classic heart disease, a cause of death all too common among women Michelle's age, especially someone with high blood pressure. The daughter's suspicions, it turned out, were not based on any palpable facts. The drugs in Michelle's system were at therapeutic levels, said the toxicology report. As far as the state of Utah was concerned, the matter was closed. The medical examiner in the state of Utah is the ultimate say when it comes to the cause and the manner of death. But the tension in the McNeil family worsened. Martin and Alexis disagreed over how to care for the younger children now that Michelle was gone. He started saying, I'm going to get a nanny. We need a nanny. I can't take care of these kids by myself. Coming up, Martin McNeil hires help. Nanny or not? Oh, I found the perfect nanny. And I said, Dad, what's her name? He said, oh, it's Haley. And I said, Dad, I know that woman. Yes, she did. And so will you. When Dateline continues. Mother begins drunk driving. Support Prop 22. 22 saves lives by preserving access to rideshare services across California, helping keep drunk and drunk drivers off our roads. Please join Mothers Against Drunk Driving in voting yes on Prop 22. Think we'll make it in time? You may not expect the unexpected, but you can certainly take it on. The Lexus ES. ES300 hybrid for $369 a month for 36 months. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Spectrum Mobile is the fastest growing provider out there. They're growing faster than AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile. Must be using magic romance. What? Makes things grow faster. No, they're the fastest growing because millions of people are switching because they have the fastest overall speeds and it's the most reliable. It's probably magic romance. It's not. You can save up to 40% on your monthly bill. Magic Chromex isn't even a thing. It is. I have it. And you might want to snap up. Join Spectrum Mobile today. Find out why they're the fastest growing provider out there. I can taste the pineapples already. I'm a busy single mom. You retired. I needed extra income. Outfaced driving works for my family. Drivers want to stay independent contractors. Prop 22 protects our flexibility. An office wage guarantee. And health care benefits. Vote yes on Prop 22. Breaking news this evening on the COVID pandemic. Emergency approval to treat COVID-19 with class loved ones are being reunited this evening after a dramatic aerial rescue operation. You can see crews trying to do everything they can. NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. This week, Jimmy is a flash. With BTS, Jessica Alba, Big Sean, Eddie Redmayne, and Sweet Service. And Monday, Kevin Hart, The Tonight Show. show on television. You may remember Dr. Hammond. He drilled a hole in my head. There's one of you now. Maybe don't show him where we keep the power tools. Transplant, Tuesday on NBC. The votes are in. You are the weakest link. And America has a new hit. Goodbye. Uh, is your brain on vacation? Is it me?
here, did the room just get a lot smarter? Weakest Link, new Tuesday on NBC. When he comes to Blake Shelton, obviously he's a country king, but he is so burnt out. I mean, not only... I really don't want to let the cowboy take you away from me. This is a dog-eat-dog business. Blake's coming here thinking he's got it in the bag. We need to switch it up. I just want you to know something. I have won this show. There he goes. Seven. Here he goes. Time. The Book. Premieres October 19th on NBC. Superstore Team is back, and more essential than ever. Superstore premieres October 29th on NBC. There are many kinds of grief. Alexis and Rachel were struggling with the angry kind. Not angry that their mother had died, no. It was what grew from the suspicion they felt that their father was hiding something very bad. But still, there were practical matters to deal with, such as who should care for the four younger McNeil's children. Alexis returned to medical school, so Rachel volunteered. So their father, Martin, insisted they find a nanny instead. Right away. Yes, he demanded that we go to the temple to pray about having a nanny, which was very strange because my father was not a very spiritual person at all. And there outside the temple, they were approached by a mysterious brunette. She said, oh, I, I uh, was at the funeral, and I am so sorry for your loss. Uh, and my father said, I, I'm sorry, I, I know I know, but what, what's your name? And she said, my name's Jane. And uh, my father said, oh, okay. About a week after that encounter, Martin hired that friendly, sympathetic woman and told his daughter, Oh, I found the perfect nanny. Found someone that's going to be great. And uh, I said, Dad, what's her name? And uh, he said, Oh, it's Jillian. I think it's Jillian. The name, Jillian, didn't mean anything to Rachel or Alexis. And I said, Dad, I know that woman. I know Mom was concerned you were having an affair with her. An affair? Well, yes. Or at least before Michelle died, that is certainly what she suspected. So worried about it, she asked Alexis to help her find out for sure. My mom confided in, in me about everything, all of her feelings were concerned. Um, and so I took his cell phone and uh, was able to download his password, and we needed to see a number that my dad had been calling quite a few times. And you hacked into his phone, you said? Uh-huh. Yeah. We called the number, and uh, a woman answered and then hung up right away. So I paid for an online search, and uh, it came up with a name, and it was uh, Gypsy Jillian Lewis. Gypsy Jillian Lewis. Yeah. I mean, at first, we had no idea, like... Gypsy, what kind of name is Gypsy? I mean, we thought maybe it's a stripper. I don't know what. But anyway, my, my mom, with that information, with the lady's name, went to my dad and confronted him. Martin denied everything, said Alexis. And then the very next day, he made a curious suggestion. My 
father came to my mom and told her that he needs a facelift. That is... I mean, lots of women decide they want facelifts, yeah. but when the husband comes says, you need one. Yeah, I mean, it was really out of the blue. The facelift that preceded Michelle's death. And now, here was Gypsy Jillian, Martin's choice for a live-in nanny, someone he just happened to find. So she got the job, she moved into the house, and this was just a couple weeks after my mom's death. Martin's daughter. They wanted to know what other secrets their father had been keeping. They expanded their investigation. My sister put a blog up and was asking anyone with any information about my father to contact her. I mean, we discovered that he had had so many different affairs. There was a lot of different things that came out. With their Aunt Linda, they took all the information they had gathered on Martin and brought it to the authorities. Pushing and pushing and to get things investigated. The local police had never investigated Michelle's death as a crime, not from the very first day. And remember that coroner's report? Michelle's death was caused by heart disease. For us to be able to overcome something like a medical examiner's office that says she died of natural causes is a huge task. But the women were relentless. They met with Jeff Robinson and Doug Whitney, who worked for the county attorney. You took them seriously right off the top? Yeah, Not really. But then they started to look at some of the evidence the amateur sleuths had gathered. Not evidence of murder, but still. They started to challenge a lot of things that their father, who he was, what he was, what he was doing. And so we thought, you know what? I'd like to find out if he really is a doctor. Yes, they were. Martin did have a medical degree, but he fraudulently got into medical school. Absolutely. Faking the results of fraud. He obviously took somebody else's because there was a different date of entrance, there was a different date of graduation, and all of them were straight A's. Then they dug deeper and found that before he faked his college transfer, Martin was convicted of forging checks. Now, to investigators, the respected doctor was looking anything but respectable. It tells you that this is not the guy that goes to church every Sunday with his family. So there are two Martin O'Neills. There's two Martin O'Neills. Still didn't mean he murdered his wife, did it? No, no. But Martin's daughter? They looked at their father's list of offenses, the fraud, the infidelity, how he encouraged their mother to have surgery and take so many drugs afterwards. And they were certain their father killed their mother. He betrayed us to our very core. I mean, everything that we thought in our life is all shattered. It's all a sham. It really is. It's been, it's been a whole sham. But not everyone in the family felt that way. Damien, Martin's only son, stuck by his father. He had a hard time after my mom died. You know, I, I talked to him about my concerns, and he didn't want to believe that my father was capable of killing my mom. But Alexis's conviction was absolute. Every time she set foot in her parents' home, only one thought went through her mind. Here's where I killed her. Yet, there was still no hard evidence that Martin killed Michelle. Almost two years went by, Martin and Gypsy still carrying on in plain sight. But then, in January 2009, suddenly they're both arrested. Yeah. Yeah, but not for what people might have thought. Oh, no. Coming up. 
two lovers cook up a secret crime who stole Rizzo's identity. Pointer. And two sisters suffer another heartbreaking loss. He was such a wonderful Superstore team is back and more essential than ever. <laughs> Superstore premieres October 29th on NBC. Monday, this lockdown hit turned a very cold case into a modern mystery. This is a bona fide reward. The story that hasn't been told, the footage that hasn't been seen. We turned him in as a missing person. An all-new Dateline, Monday, 10, 9 central. Connected is the most anticipated new show of 2020 and has critics completely hooked. Are you drinking butterscotch schnapps straight out the bottle? Butterscotch peach. You are in danger for not cashing in on this pandemic. Artisanal hand sanitizer. My children are monsters. You got great kids. Oh, I used to think that's because I didn't spend all my time with them. You're not that special. Connected. Thursday on NBC. Gwen is special, creative, Aww. and super hot. <laughs> Blake is incredibly generous. I love you. This is the voice. <laughs> this is a dog eat dog business. There is no feeling. <laughs> the whole reason to come on the show is to destroy Blake. Shot has been fired. These people are so weird.
McNeil's daughter, C. Their father had turned the family home into a tawdry love nest for a so-called nanny, the mistress, Gypsy Willis. For nearly two years, they'd been laser-focused on proving his guilt, trying to persuade the police or anyone that Martin murdered Michelle. And sure enough, they discovered a crime. Not murder, but shocking nonetheless. It all started when Martin sent his 16-year-old adopted daughter, Giselle, off to Ukraine to visit her biological sister. Giselle called my daughter's phone. And then they started talking, and Giselle started crying and told her story that she got left there. Abandoned, basically. Right. Why would he do that? Well, a bit more digging revealed that Martin and Gypsy had cooked up a scheme, and it involved taking over daughter Giselle's social security number. He stole Giselle's identity. For Gypsy. Yes, for Gypsy. Who, it emerged, was, how should we say, financially challenged. The new forged identity wiped her debts away. It also gave her a brand new name, Jillian McNeil. But the lies didn't end there. They began posing as husband and wife. Giselle's out of the picture. Martin wants to make Gypsy look like his wife. Now that is low, but even worse. They used the date of my mom's funeral as their marriage date. Martin and Gypsy were arrested in January 2001. Not for murder, for fraud. They both pleaded guilty. Martin got four years, Gypsy 21 months. And to avoid any more charges, Gypsy promised to testify against Martin in any future legal action. It was a victory for Alexis. But her campaign against her father had consequences. Like the wedge that drove between the sisters and their brother, Damien. It put a strain on your relationship? It did. Once my dad was sentenced, he kind of didn't want to have anything to do with us. And then uh, he killed himself. Damien McNeil committed suicide in January 2010. He was such a wonderful man. But the murder investigation continued, picked up steam, in fact. The two investigators debriefed Gypsy in prison. That was a treasure trove of information that she gave us at that point. She confirmed that chance meeting in the temple with Rachel was a setup, a ruse to get her into the house after Michelle was gone. How long had she and Martin been planning it? I said, so you staged and scripted that meeting, yep. And when did you script it? Was it during the funeral? Mm -hmm. Was it before the death? So? No comment. The investigators went back to the prosecutor, over and over, urging her to charge Martin with murder. Well, what did the prosecutor say to you? See this medical examiner's report? <laughs> Death of natural causes? That's right. There was a new medical examiner. They showed him their report, the file, the arrest for fraud. And I said, have you even read our report? I'll scan this. I said, you cannot scan this report. I said, just read this much while we're here. And he did, and he goes, hmm, okay, I think I want to look at this deeper. After his review, the ME did agree to make one small change in the manner of death, from natural to undetermined. But that hardly broke the case wide open. He could 
refuse to call it a homicide. Sure, absolutely. McNeil was just released from federal prison until, by the summer of 2012, Mark McNeil was once again a free man. He served his time for fraud. We first spoke to Alexis right after her dad was released from prison. He's a free man. How does that make you feel? I'm very scared. I'm, you know. You've been a chief accuser all these years. Yeah, I'm concerned. I'm not only concerned for myself and for my family, but for everyone who comes into contact with my father because I know he's a dangerous man. The investigators agreed, but the prosecutor wanted more, something they could take to court. Show me how she died. Show me how she died. I said, I believe I know how she died, but I just can't prove it yet. And then, then one little detail jumped up and said, look at me. The time that came to me was when we heard from the officers and the EMT guys when she threw up water. If Michelle threw up water when the EMTs did CPR, that meant Martin, the doctor, hadn't done it properly. And with that, all the circumstantial bits seem to line up and support the idea of a planned murder. A plot that began after Martin broke up with Lucy. His wife finally finds out concrete evidence that he's doing this. He's trapped. What do I do? I can't lose my good name because I'm going to lose my job, I'm going to lose my reputation, I'm going to lose everything else. So what, is, so, so what does he do? He drugs her and drowns her, they now believe. And finally, the prosecutor agreed. And so in August 2012, Martin's daughter sat in a Utah courtroom, holding up pictures of their dead mother, as their father appeared in court on charges of first-degree murder. If she hadn't pushed, if she hadn't started making those calls, could this have ever gone anywhere? I don't think it would have come to me. I think... Uh, and so would it just... Probably would have closed it out uh, as unfounded. Now family drama would play out for a jury, but the outcome? Well, at that point, it was far from certain. Coming up, a mistress turns witness. My name is Gypsy Willis. And one more secret, mistress number two. Is it fair to say that you and Dr. McNeil began an affair? Yes. When Dateline continues. Welcome to Burrito Land. This is the Yaracos section. It's unofficially the official food of Los Angeles and the inspiration for our new L.A. Mex burritos, like the SoCal Classic French Fried Filled California Queso Burrito from El Pollo Loco. I'm voting yes on Prop 19. 19 limits taxes on seniors. It limits property tax on people like me. 19 limits taxes on wildfire victims. It says so. 19 passes, seniors can move closer to family for medical care. I look at moving, but I can't afford the taxes. Will you help California's most vulnerable? Vote yes on Prop 19. When you use the El Pollo Loco app, you get super fast curbside pickup. Just pull up, and we'll bring your order right to your car. Download the app and enjoy new curbside pickup from the safety of your vehicle. Protests broke out. The coronavirus pandemic distorted. Emergency approval to treat COVID-19 with plasma. Many questions remain about how well it works. From every angle, how 
much of the increased tension was due to the militias that came here? On the ground, deadly western wildfires in California. Entire communities were also wiped off the map. And in death. One of the big concerns is indoor air quality. What are you doing to address that? NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. If you thought this season was already a blast, Helen is just getting good. I'm just going to rest for a second. October 17, 2013, Provo, Utah, markedly, noticeably pale, and Prosecutor Chad Brumacher was a little worried. It seemed like a case where you kind of got the impression maybe the guy was guilty, but proving it's not going to be an easy matter. It's going to be difficult to wrap it all up early and to give the jury this nice little box with a bow on top. Gibbs, you will estimate the penalty. Prosecution told the jury that Martin drugged and drank his wife, Michelle, that he made a plan to get rid of her when he had a love affair with that woman named Gypsy. And that once he dispatched Michelle, he was practically gleeful, even on the day of her funeral. The defendant was jovial, laughing and smiling, again remarking that he was going to have to get used to the life of a bachelor. How callous, said the prosecutor. As for evidence he murdered her, 
Remember, the autopsy said heart disease was the cause of death, not nerves. First thing I said was Martin's behavior that morning during his 911 call. Martin seemed angry. He hung up on the operator. Okay, so you know how to do CPR. I'm sure you. Okay, do not leave. First responders had trouble finding the house. And when they finally did arrive, the police said Martin was acting so erratically it made them nervous. I was concerned about safety, actually. And while Martin, the doctor, was performing CPR, he was kind of yelling at her, um, why did you do this, why did you do this? Uh, and then he, he struck her in the chest with one of his hands. But when the police took over, remember, she expelled three to four cups of water. And what would have happened had he done CPR is that she would have already choked on it. I believe so. And remember how Martin said he found his wife, head down in the tub, her legs sticking up over the edge? Prosecutors showed how his account differed from that of every other witness, even his then six-year-old daughter, Ada. This is a police interview with Ada, recorded in 2008. She just raised her right hand and placed her nose. And then prosecutors called to the stand the woman at the center of it all, the woman who so captivated Martin, the mistress, and, they said, the motive. My name is Gypsy Willis. Gypsy told the jury an online relationship with Martin turned sexual. It was a very casual thing. It's just whenever we had time and it could be arranged. And it was, I, I think we probably had sex half the time. I mean, sometimes it was just lunch. The very day after Michelle's death, Gypsy took a sexy selfie and sent it to Martin. There's one picture where it was, uh, I think it was suggested. It's showing your butt. Yes. And as we know, it wasn't long before Gypsy moved into the McNeil house, supposedly hired as a nanny. If I told you that others have testified that you were not much of a nanny in terms of cooking, cleaning, and taking care of the children, and were just staring goo-eyed at the defendant, what would be your response? My response is that when the adult children were home, I deferred to them and went back to studying my nursing. Um, I did actually help with the children. Though Gypsy told the jury she never did marry Martin, they did hear about all those fake documents. With a marriage dated April 14, 2007, the day Michelle was buried. And remember, Gypsy had to testify as part of the plea deal. Probably didn't want to. She clearly minimized their relationship. But I think in so doing, the jury saw that. But just to be sure, the prosecutor had Gypsy read love letters Martin wrote to her from federal prison. I love you and miss you every minute. I can think of nothing but how wonderful you are. So Gypsy, said the prosecutor, was Martin's motive for murder. That is, if it was a murder, and if it was, was she involved? In light of all the information, are you are you telling us you don't know anything more about Michelle's death? That is correct. Do you believe she had something to do with it? Well, as far as the actual death, we have no evidence to show that she did. As far as being a co-conspirator talking about it, evidence speaks for itself. And so, Gypsy's star turn was over. Outside the court, she said she was overwhelmed by all the attention. It's a frightening experience. 
testifying here today? Being in court at all. I've never had more than a speeding ticket to this point. Of course, it was speeding. That wasn't even close to being true. Then, back in the courtroom, the jury was finding out that Gypsy wasn't Martin's first mistress. Is it fair to say that you and Dr. McNeil began uh, an affair? Yes. This woman said she colluded with Martin before he took up with Gypsy. And their pillow talk, she told the jury, included what sounded like a prescription for murder. Did Martin ever describe to you a process of uh, making someone have a heart attack? Yes. Specifically, what did he tell you? Is there something you can give someone that's natural progress? It's not detectable after they have a heart attack. Ms. Summers, please raise your right hand. And then, then the much-anticipated showdown, daughter versus father. After years of digging, collecting, and persuading others that her father was an evil, guilty man, Alexis was about to take the stand. But the defense was about to argue. Alexis had her own problems with the truth. Coming up, the doctor's defense. You still concede that the manner of Michelle McNeil's death was undetermined? Yes. And the verdict, what would it be? When they were coming back after 11 hours, I was a little bit nervous. statewide rent control law in America just last year. Prop 21 reverses this progress and will make the housing crisis even worse. Veterans and Gavin Newsom agree. No on 21. When you walk into an Amazon fulfillment center, it's like walking into the chocolate factory and you want a golden ticket. All of these are face masks. This looks like a bottle of mantra. When we first got these, we were like, whoa! California is in a deep hole with the shortage of affordable housing. Prop 21 hurts renters and has no protection for veterans or seniors and no plan to create the affordable housing we need. If you're in a hole, stop digging. No on 21. The LA Lakers are NBA champions. It is their 17th in franchise history, beating the Miami Heat in six games. Tonight we're covering the celebration from the bubble in Orlando. To the streets of downtown LA where crowds are gathering, hundreds of people celebrating near Staples Center. Police trying to keep the peace tonight, but we did see two scuffles. We have live scene coverage coming up. Say goodbye to fall and say hello to summer once again. We're going to be warming up over the next couple of days. I'll show you how hot it's going to get tonight. At it takes my wife, Tina, noticing the bruises and encouraging me to go get screened. It takes a loving mother who never missed a cancer treatment. It takes support. It's not something a family can do on their own. It takes my dad sleeping beside me in the hospital every night. It takes losing my dad and grandfather to open my eyes to go get screened. Uh, has your brain on vacation? 
Me or did the room just get a lot smarter? <laughs> we just went huge Tuesday on NBC. Connected is the most anticipated new show of 2020 and has critics completely hooked. Are you drinking butterscotch schnapps straight out the bottle? Butterscotch peach. You are in danger from not cashing in on this pandemic. Artisanal hand sanitizer. My children are monsters. You got great kids. Oh, I used to think that's because I didn't spend all my time with them. But now I'm spoiled. Connected. Thursday on NBC. This show is crazy. It's going to be the toughest thing you've ever done. difficult to do CPR uh, in the bathtub. 
the way they polarize the planet. They couldn't, barring some God-given grant of superhuman strength. Very few people would be able to lift a 182-pound person out of a tight enough situation. Just in that moment, in that scene, regardless of what else he may have done or mm-hmm. seen to his character, that morning was the strongest evidence that he did not pull his leg. I think that the strongest evidence uh, was likely the, the, the time of death and where uh, Martin was in that morning. Please place your right hand in this. The defense called witnesses who testified they saw Martin right about the time that Michelle collapsed in her bathtub. In other words, he wasn't there. Couldn't have killed her. That's right. This is six-year-old Ada McNeil's kindergarten teacher. And Mr. McNeil picked her up that day? Yeah, so he was there in a prop between 11.30 and 11.35 to pick up Ada? Yeah. And all those competing facts took closing arguments to put them together. The prosecutor was aggressive. Make no doubt about it. We believe he intentionally and knowingly hung the deputy. The evidence supports it. The motive is there. It's brilliant. The means are there, and the opportunity is there. And the defense had to concede Martin was a cad and a cheat, but insisted that the prosecution hadn't even proved there was a murder, let alone that Martin committed it. I submit to you that none of the circumstances that the prosecution has submitted to you is consistent with homicide. They don't rise to the level of proof beyond a reasonable doubt. And then the jury began deliberating. They huddled hour after hour, late into that Friday night. Midnight came and went. They were still talking. The longer the deliberations went, the the more worried I got. Then after 11 hours, the signal of verdict. Too quick thought the prosecutor. When they were coming back after 11 hours, I, I was a little bit nervous. It was one in the morning on Saturday. Since the jury, having reviewed the evidence and testimony in the case, find the defendant of count one murder guilty. At that moment, Michelle Townley couldn't hide her relief. Finally, after years of fighting, they had gotten what they wanted, what they demanded. And then, according to defender Randy Spencer, Martin said something quite remarkable. It may seem strange, but he even regrets that his daughter did, not because he killed his wife, but because if they really believed that he killed his wife, he would expect them to to have the case go away. And that's what he understood. He told you that? He did. Martin McNeil received a sentence of 17 years to life. In April 2017, he committed suicide in prison. A final ending. But for Alexis, this story has always been about one person, her mother, and one thing, justice. It's not going to happen unless someone keeps looking in. And my mom was murdered. My mom was the center of our family. She was an amazing beautiful person on the inside and out, and she deserves to not be forgotten. That's all for now. I'm Lester Holt. Thanks for joining us. Mothers Against Drunk Driving wants everyone to make it home safely. Aptos Rideshare plays a vital role 
That's why Mothers Against Drunk Driving supports Proposition 23. Prop 23 saves lives by preserving access to rideshare services across California, helping keep drunk and drug drivers off our roads. The more rideshare drivers there are, the more lives are going to be saved. It's simple. Please join Mothers Against Drunk Driving in voting yes on Prop 23. I have a confession to make. I don't just work with my own party to get things done. I work with Republicans, too. Now, you don't hear that very much anymore, but it's how we delivered over $30 million to small businesses and families in Orange County while stopping federal dollars from going to companies owned by China. I'm Congressman Harley Ruda, and I approve this message because bipartisanship may have become a dirty word in Washington, but it's just common sense to me. Harley Ruda, country over party. For a franchise built on storylines, the Lakers have just added a title to their latest chapter. LeBron James and the L.A. Lakers have won the 2020 NBA Finals, champions of the longest season in NBA history, the last two standing after a three-month run at the NBA bubble in Orlando. We want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm Jonathan Gonzalez. And I'm Kim Tobin in for Kathy Vara tonight. And it is a celebration.